I appropriately amplified? Can you hear me? Am I allowed to touch this? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I did, Hannah. What, what do I do? Okay, um, it's really lovely to be back. For those of you that um, don't know me, my name is Kate Caro. Um, I am a member of this church, but my, my normal habitat now is in the, the 9.30 service, um, which I love. Um, I find it an incredibly rich and uplifting service um, and very demonstrative, though I know there are some little quirks about it that some people find difficult to understand. But I, for me, it's a very rich um, service. But it is lovely to see you all lovely people again. So thank you for having me back. And um, as you know, uh, those of you who are here regularly, we are following a series at the moment on, on prayer. Last week, Johnny spoke to us about intercession. And next week, um, we're going to be um, hearing on um, listening. And I'm afraid I didn't look up who that was, so you'll have to come and find out next week who's speaking on that subject. Um, and it falls to me this week to address the subject of unanswered prayer, um, which I think is... Is, is an unfortunate coincidence as we stand as a nation on the brink or in a national emergency. And, and so um, I've done my best to try and bring those two things together because obviously we want all our prayers about COVID-19 to be answered. And not just that, but all the other things that are going on in government as well that is being a little bit sidelined in the headlines. Um, so... Um, Fasten your seatbelts. We are going to try and tackle all of that all in one go. Okay, um, but I'm going to start by reading the passage that, that um, Johnny has given us, which is um, Daniel 3, 1 to 18. I'm going to read that first, and, and then I'll just pause and pray for a moment. So for those of you who want to, Daniel 3, 1 to 18. So this is the image of gold and the blazing furnace. It says, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high, 6 cubits wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So, the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, zither, flute, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and all the peoples of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. If you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So let's just pray for a moment, shall we? Heavenly Father, thank you that you have given us your word to look at, to teach us, to represent you to us throughout all generations and for all peoples on this earth. So Lord, be with us now as we reflect on this passage and as we stand before you on behalf of our nation this morning at a time of emergency. So Lord, set a guard on my words, feed our hearts and help us all to hear what it is that you would have us hear individually this morning, Lord. Amen. I should have said also before I started speaking that I snuck a biscuit in the break and a, th- a crumb caught, I can't, there's a crumb I can't dislodge. So if I start coughing or into my sleeve, it's that reason. I feel fine. I am well, okay? I'm not breathing germs on you, okay? Now, um, you've probably noticed that this passage finishes partway through the story, okay? And it's one that um, we know that they didn't bow down and then they got thrown into a furnace that was repeated supposedly seven times hotter. Quite how they measured that, I don't know. But it was a lot hotter than normal, so hot that the guards who took them were burned up. So how they then got them into the furnace, I don't know. But anyway, we know that these young men went into the furnace, okay, and then they were spared. God didn't let them burn up, not even their turbans or their robes, and then they came out not even smelling of smoke. And we can get to that point in the story quite easily just by reading down a few more lines, can't we? But I wonder how they must have felt. Um, Because for them... Okay, this prayer was answered way after there was any human possibility of this prayer being answered. So how they must have felt, you know, for them this must have felt like an incredibly unanswered prayer at the point at which they were being tossed into the furnace. Um, And I think sometimes I I have to make myself stop when I read some of these Bible stories and think, actually, that, that was quite a big deal for those people that I skim over in 10 seconds it takes to read the line. You know, this was a massive thing for them um, and full credit to them. But I, for me personally, I think it is an example of, of, of God's perspective on something because up until the point at which they went into that furnace, 
It was King Nebuchadnezzar who had control over those young men's lives. At any point up to them, he could have said, no, 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 let's not do it, guys. Just pull them back. I've warned them. They've had the, the tap on the shoulder. Pull them back and put them back to work. But he didn't. He let them go into the furnace. And the only being that could save them from that furnace was God. And my view on this is the reason God didn't answer their prayer before they went in was in order to demonstrate to Nebuchadnezzar just who was really in charge. Okay, um, and it's something that I think we need to hold on to at a time when we've got a lot of panic around us with this COVID-19 virus going around and, and other crises that we have. Actually, it's God who's in, in charge of this. Okay. I remember um, when I was quite young having this incredibly sobering moment when I suddenly realized that it wasn't actually me that was the center of God's universe, okay? And he did not organize the lives of the country and everybody around me in order to answer my particular prayers, that my prayers had to, to fit in um, with his plans. Um, and parents, we don't always give our children everything they ask for, do we? Because we know it's not good for them. Um, I think it was actually Ruth Bell Graham, um, a lovely quote from her that said, um, God has not answered all my prayers. If he had, I would have married the wrong man several times. <laughs> okay, and um, I had a, a, another story from um, a lovely sermon from a gentleman called uh, Ken McGreevy. Some of you may know him from the Ichthus Fellowship. Um, he was very good. He's passed away now, but he was very good. And he, he preached this incredible sermon on when God says no, it's because he has a greater yes in mind. And that gave me pause for thought as well. Um, but we're going to... Um, but anyway, so what does unanswered prayer look like? Okay. We know what answered prayer looks like. It looks like the answer, yes, or exactly what we want in front of us. But actually, unfortunately, what we ask for doesn't always fit in with God's perspective for humanity or, or for our local community because we all have a role to play we all fit in with God's network and we are all part of what he wants to do sometimes he may have something else in mind for us like um, God had a different husband in mind for Ruth Bell Graham uh, Billy Graham that can't have been bad deal really can it so um, so he had something in mind for her sometimes the answer is wait not yet and sometimes the answer is just silence or a non-answer. And that sometimes is the, probably the, the hardest one to, um, <clears throat> to deal with. And in fact, I'm not going to go into it, but if you have a chance, um, Pete Gregg has written an incredibly good book, God on Mute. And, and there's a lot of this book that's given over to what he calls exploring the silence, looking into why God has not answered this particular prayer. And I know that um, for many of us, uh, for example, there's, there's a, a very key one at the moment. I have, there's a friend I know who is um, struggling with cancer um, and we keep praying and we keep praying and we keep praying, but he keeps declining. So it's, um, you kind of think, no, you've got to keep praying. Um, but I should not have written this in my handwriting. Right, okay. Um, we have to trust that the right answer is going to come through this. And one of the things that um, another friend of mine who keeps sending me WhatsApp messages at the moment is absolute panic station about 
what's going to happen. And there are underlying medical conditions uh, for her, both her and one of her children as well, so I can understand it. And I, and I just say, well, what is the worst case for you? Um, and she's not a Christian, so she's not praying. Um, but she says, well, what do you mean, what's the worst case? Of course, the worst case is that I die. You know, that is the worst case. Um, but that's where we have a message as a church. Excuse me. <clears throat> We have a message of hope, don't we? Because we know, as Christians, that death is not the worst case. Okay, that what comes next is absolutely fantastic and brilliant. Okay, that is a really good place to be. And and I remember even after my soon after my husband had passed away, that I remember thinking, oh, it was it felt really rough for us, and bereavement does feel rough. But I remember somewhere in there thinking, at least he's now safe. He's got there. He's made it. Nothing can take him away from Christ. Now he's safe. And that was a real comfort for me. Okay. And that's where we as a church and as a, as a community, as a beacon in this community, we have such an incredible message to give to people. Come to Christ and you will have hope. And we were reminded in the earlier service, we, uh, we had the collect that reminded us about um, uh, the, the Easter message, that when, when Christ left this earth on Good Friday... His body might have been neatly tucked up in a tomb, but his spirit was off waging the biggest spiritual battle that has ever been fought, ever, and will ever be again. And, and he won. He won. He conquered death. He vanquished it. Um, no wonder there's so many hymns sung about, um, you know, death, where is thy sting? He beat that. Um, and he is the one who is on our side, and we are his servants in this community. And that is a message that we can bring to people. Um, that we personally do not have to fear death. Okay. It, we can also be frightened of the death of those around us, of bereavement, and that is a tough one, I can tell you. That is tough. But also, that's what community is about. We can support one another through that, can't we? And that's another message that we can be giving people. We say, we will stand with you, we will support you, we will help you, we have hope for you. And it's... Um, so important, isn't it, that we give that message to the community around us. So in all of this, when our prayers may feel unanswered, it may be that they're unanswered from our perspective, but it may be that they're somehow working out God's purpose. And that's what we have to take <clears throat> um, comfort in and believe in, that even if the worst may happen for those of us through what the season that's coming, there will be a purpose in it. There will be a greater yes in whatever may come. And we can bring that message to the people around us. I had a lovely experience in, um, in London recently. Um, just before Christmas, there was, I was travelling. I was in those, you know, those labyrinth of tunnels underneath Marleybone Station that had gone on forever. Um, and I was, um, was travelling towards a situation that I was finding incredibly difficult to deal with and had been going on for quite a long time. And I was just... I was pouring out my heart to God and saying, look, God, please, can you do something about this? I can't change this. What is happening? Please. Pouring out my heart. <clears throat> and just above me, ahead of me in the tunnel, there was this group of lads who um, had obviously been drinking um, and were being rowdy. They weren't being aggressive or anything like that, but they were just like all over the place. They were wandering around in this tunnel and just lurching around. And I tried a few times to get past them um, and couldn't. So I just thought, well, I'll fall back and I'll wait. And I was carrying on praying. And I tried one more time to go past and couldn't. And then suddenly this, this young man appeared right next. He just came up on my shoulder. And he just looked at me very, not unkindly, but just very directly. And he said, follow me. 
And, and I, I was so surprised that I did. And he kind of pointed and he kind of steered away and he went, took us towards the other side of the group. I've been trying to get that way. And he said, no, let's go that way. <clears throat> and, he, and I followed. And just as he got level with the group, he kind of looked over his shoulder, looked me very directly in the eye and saw I was right behind him. And then he just launched himself at these young men and just cleared them all out of the way. And it was... And I, well, and I carried on walking, and I, and I was still quite, kind of quite distressed about this, so I just carried on walking. When I did kind of glance around, I could not see him anywhere. I didn't see him again anywhere. He might have been beaten up for all I knew. Um, <clears throat> but it was just at the right moment, you know. He, he just cleared them out of the way. And then a few minutes later, I needed... Um, well, something I, I wanted to go to the, to the bathroom, and they've, um, I didn't have the right change for the toilet. Have you seen? They've stopped charging for the toilets in Maliban now, haven't they? So, great. Hooray! Small mercies. Um, I didn't have the right change, but there was just a gentleman standing there, an attendant, and he just, oh, it's fine. Yeah, he pushed the button, and, and I went. When I came out, he'd vanished as well. Um, and I just felt really clearly that God was saying to me, I may not answer your prayer the way you want me to. I may not change the circumstances around you, but I will be with you every step of the way. Every step of the way. And I will be in it with you. And I think that is the message that we can get. Whatever may come at us in our normal life, whatever may come at us through COVID-19, we have a God who walks with us and stands with us. Even, even in the unanswered prayer. Okay, And I know that that is very, very hard to deal with sometimes when a prayer is not answered, particularly if it involves the death of a loved one. But there will be purpose and God will bring hope and he will bring comfort to it. And what I thought it would be good for us to do, <clears throat> um, because there is another verse in the Bible, even though we're talking about unanswered prayer, God does make a promise. We have to put these two things together. Matthew 18, verse 19, which probably most of you could quote by heart, but I'm going to read it anyway. Um, it says, again, Truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. And I think that's that second half, verse 20. With more than two or three of us here today, so God is here Jesus is here the Holy Spirit is here with us okay and it says if you agree on anything they ask for they will be done by my father in heaven okay now that assumes that the prayers pass the test of agreement with God we cannot be praying for harm on other people and we cannot be praying selfishly but providing what we're praying for is in line with God's will he will grant that request and so what we did this in the, in the first service um, is we lit some candles there were even fewer of us this morning service than there are here um, but the ones that were there were what my mother would call a hardy bunch. And so we prayed together. Um, as a sign of our agreement, well, there's two things actually here. I'm going to ask you, if you would like to come and light a tea light, you can rep do it on two things, and it's up to you. One is either to say to God, I have an unanswered prayer that is really hurting me, but I am choosing to trust you with it. Okay? Or you want to express agreement that we are standing together as a community. So this, these are all the people this morning who said, we are standing in agreement that we want God to act on COVID-19 and we trust him with the outcome and we will work together as a community. So this is an agreement on, on principle and on prayer of where we stand before God. So if either of those two things apply to you, please come, uh, I'll pray, and then please do come. Um, we're doing it non-contact to help yourself to a tea light from in here and then as a symbol of 
agreement with other people. Light yours from an existing tea light, okay? So that continuity of agreement goes to the community and just add it on there. And if you want to pause and say a prayer, please do. Don't hang around too long. We're not supposed to be that close to people too long. But we can trust God, can't we? Okay, so just do it, do it sensibly, okay? And remember, you know, God is with us in all of this and he hears every single prayer. Sometimes we need to be patient. Sometimes we need to change our perspective. And certainly, as there, and I think that's why Johnny probably cut the passage off when he did um, on this one, because it's the point at which, although we know in retrospect right up front that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego did get rescued from that furnace, at the point at which this passage stops, it says, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not... We want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So it's their expression of faith that even if their prayers were not answered, they would stay true to God. Okay, and that's what we need to do. Okay, so I'm just going to pray. And then if you would like to come and stand in agreement and light a candle, please, please do that. So, Heavenly Father, we stand before you knowing full well that you see the whole of this world and the whole of mankind and you know how your purposes need to be worked out. Father, you know what the outcome of this COVID-19 crisis is, Lord. And Lord, we pray that this will be a time when the church is able to rise up even more and be a beacon of your hope, Lord, that you will rise out of this. And a bit like for Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, Lord, that's such clear demonstration that you are above all things, that you are in charge and that all our times and all the times of this country are actually in your hands and nobody else's, Lord. So we commit ourselves to you. May we, rep- may we represent you well to those around us in the community, we pray, Lord. May you be glorified. May you be lifted up in this land and may you be the one that the world comes to see is really in charge, Lord, we pray. Amen.